You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. We're doing a two-a-day today. I really wanted to get some content in for you guys before Labor Day weekend. I know a lot of drafts are this weekend and the beginning of next week as well. So just want to kind of give you my, you know, almost final thoughts uh, before you guys have your final drafts on certain players. Um, I really wanted to talk about the mid-round to late-round values so that once you get to the kind of, you know, unknown zone where you're kind of feeling a little bit more uncomfortable than you did in the early rounds, that's what I'm here for. That's what I'm going to try to break down a little bit for you guys. Um, we're going to start in the fifth round. Um, so, you know, guys that I look at around that period are Stefan Diggs, Amir Abdullah in PPR leagues, uh, even Doug Martin. If he's sitting there in the fifth round, I, I usually try to wait until the fifth or sixth uh, for Doug Martin. I, I am a firm believer that when he gets back in week four, he will reclaim that job. He looks great in the preseason. He's supposedly a changed man. Um, and you can kind of see it in his play. So, you know, as long as he doesn't get distracted in those first three weeks and he keeps doing what he's doing, uh, he should come back week four and do his thing. Now, the interesting thing is in preseason, he played an every down role. Now, I don't know how much that's going to change. Is Charles Sims going to come in and take that, you know, third down role? from Martin and you know we've seen that in the past where Doug Martin would get the early downs and Charles Sims would come in for that third down but in the preseason he took an every down role and excelled at it he had a couple of catches from Jameis and you know he did a pretty good job so um, I like Doug Martin um, you know he's one of the guys that you know I think that once I have a couple of good running backs he's just a bonus um, that I could throw in my flex um, you know and if an injury happens I have a, a very decent RB2 um, so, you know, and Doug Martin, he has the RB1 upside. He even has top five upside. We've seen it before. Um, so I'm, I'm taking a little bit of a, a gamble on Doug Martin uh, just because I know that I can get a good running back depth, depth later on in the draft. In the, <laughs> I can't talk right now. In the draft. Later on in the draft, we can get good running back depth. So um, Stefan Diggs is another guy. Now, we have to be a little mindful with Stefan Diggs that he's moving to the outside. Um so we have him moving to the outside. We have Thielen moving to the slot. So, you know, that PPR, you know, target monster that we thought Diggs was going to be, that's more likely to be Thielen now. I don't know if he's going to get the 100 receptions that we thought Diggs was going to get this year, or at least it was possible for Diggs to, to get that this year. Uh, but Diggs is going to move to the outside. He's going to have the, the uh, you know, the opportunity to get more bigger plays, uh, more touchdowns, uh, things like that. So uh, as far as targets go, uh, you know, he should have a, a great number of targets, but his, his average depth of target will be a lot bigger. So, you know, expect bigger plays from Stefan Diggs. Now, Amir Abdullah, he's a guy I like. Uh, 
a lot, you know, and I talked about it in the Ezekiel Elliott podcast as the guy to target if you're drafting Ezekiel Elliott, just because you don't have to, you know, go on tilt after you draft Zeke. You know, you can kind of wait a little bit, a couple of rounds before you before you grab Amir Abdullah. And in PPR, he is a gem. Um, you know, the knock is he, he might get hurt. But, hey, listen, like, we can't draft based on, you know, uh, how injury-prone we think a player is. Because that's all it is. It's usually just a perception. It might not be actually true. Yes, he has gotten injured in the past. But... I don't think when we draft in our fantasy football leagues, we need to take that and use that as the main point of why we don't draft a player. Um, you know, unless it's something like, you know, Jordan Reed going in the second round, for example. He His concussion history is so apparent that, you know, one more concussion can, can knock him out for the whole season. So, you know, there are certain cases, but I don't think Amir Abdullah is one of those cases. Now, first and second down, even if he gets just that and theoretically gets the third down work... I still think that Amir Abdullah will get a bunch of carries. He'll get a bunch of targets, even on those early downs. Um, so I do expect him to get 15 carries around, you know, around that range or so, and maybe four to five catches at least. So I think that is a uh, a really good recipe in PPR leagues. Uh, Devontae Parker, he's risen all the way up to the fifth round. Um, you know, that is a little bit high for me, um, just because we're really basing that on hype. Uh, but we've seen it in the preseason. Jay Cutler has targeted Devante, um, you know, numerous occasions and said that Devante is a faster Alshon Jeffrey. So we know Jay Cutler likes him. Um, and Devante has that, you know, wide receiver one upside. He has that ability. He has that, that athleticism, you know, he's still a little bit of a little bit raw, but you know, with the targets, uh, I think he could, he could do really well. Now it really depends on roster construction here. If your first four rounds went super smooth and you got really solid, you know, solid guys like, you know, Keenan Allens and, uh, you know, like a David Johnson or Le'Veon Bell, where you can take a little bit of a risk and shoot for that upside, I would go Devontae. But, you know, if you got a couple of risky picks early on, I probably would skip on Devontae just in case it doesn't pan out. Now, whether I'm drafting Zeke or not, I'm still looking at Darren McFadden to see how low he drops. Uh, his ADP and PPR leagues is in the middle of the sixth round, which is okay, uh, just because we have guys like Tevin Coleman and Derrick Henry going, you know, just a few picks after him, and they don't have a job for six weeks. I mean, they have a job, but that job isn't starting uh, running back. So um, I like him as a low-end wide receiver one, and in PPR leagues, you get that bonus of him playing on third downs as well and him getting catches. Uh, that is his forte, and I think that, you know, in this offense, he can get a lot of opportunity. So it's kind of like drafting D'Angelo Williams last year, right? You know, if you did, if you weren't a Le'Veon owner, you still got four pretty solid weeks out of him. And, you know, I don't think, you know, we're going to get similar production from like D'Angelo got last year, but pretty close to it. He's an every down back. Um, so I think he can, you know, provide value whether you're a Ezekiel Elliott owner or not. Uh, Pierre Garçon going at the end of the sixth round. I think he's going to be a target monster as long as Brian Hoyer is the quarterback. We've seen it in this last preseason game where Brian Hoyer was targeting Pierre Garçon on a bunch of, of, intermediate to short throws, um, high percentage throws. And I think Garcon can, can easily rack up a hundred catches this this year. Um, remember the 49ers are probably going to be in a lot of negative game scripts. They're going to have to pass the ball. Um, and you know, that rapport looked legit. Um, Pierre Garcon was in this Kyle Shanahan offense in Washington and he led the league in catches that year. So, uh, I think he's very comfortable in this offense and, uh, he looked at 
in this past preseason game. Rob Kelly's a guy, you know, in the beginning of the seventh round, uh, if you need some running back depth, he's a starting running back for the Washington Redskins. Uh, Samaje Perrin is not anywhere close to starting. He's not anywhere close to taking Rob Kelly's job. Remember, last year, Matt Jones had all those fumbles. That's the reason why he was benched for Rob Kelly. So Rob Kelly's an undrafted free agent who was able to take that job, but it doesn't look like he's losing that job anytime soon. So, you know, he's a good running back. He's a good bruiser. Um, you know, if Samaje didn't fumble in the preseason, um, you know, maybe he would have got more reps. Uh, but, you know, Rob Kelly is a legit uh, starting running back, and, you know, you can treat him as a, a legit RB2. Theoretic in PPR leagues at the end of the seventh is pretty good. I've seen in a lot of drafts him falling just because they think that Abdullah is going to have a bigger role this year, which I think he will. Uh, but Theoretic in PPR leagues, he's one of the best pass catching backs uh, in the league, and the Lions know how to use him. So uh, he's one of Matthew Stafford's favorite targets. So I don't expect him uh, to take a huge back seat, uh, especially on third downs and and you know a lot of passing situations as well. We've seen Amir Abdullah line up in the slot, so we could see them on the field at the same time. Jeremy Macklin's another guy, you know, going around the same spot, you know, at the end of the seventh round. Uh, he is Joe Flacco's number one uh, wide receiver. So, you know, we haven't seen it, unfortunately, in the preseason. We, we, we couldn't see that rapport build, um, you know, and it might take a little bit. It might take a couple weeks, but he is the most talented wide receiver on that roster by far. And I think that, you know, he is going to produce uh, you know, pretty good wide receiver two numbers. We've seen the number one wide receiver for Joe Flacco do pretty well. So um, him going this late, I think, is a pretty good value. Um, Chris Hogan going at the end of the seventh as well. This is more of a dart throw. Um, you know, if you're feeling like you want to take a risk, go for it. But, you know, choosing wide receivers in the Patriots, not named Edelman, who's not playing anymore, and who's not, who's not named Brandon Cooks, it's going to be hard to figure out who that's going to be. It could be Chris Hogan. It could be um, Danny Amendola. Uh, we just don't know that yet. But you know what? I mean, it's, it's looking better for Chris Hogan just because, you know, he's going to be a starter. He's going to be on the field a lot more than, uh, than um, Danny Amendola. So I, I think shooting that early might work out, but it's just a little bit too early for me. Um, Eric Decker, you know, he's a touchdown machine. He, he excels in the red zone. He can get a touchdown every game, you know, if if they get to the red zone enough times. Marcus Mariota was one of the best quarterbacks when it comes to touchdown efficiency in the red zone, and I think this is a match made in heaven. Um, so, you know, Decker is one of those guys who's always disrespected every year in fantasy football drafts, no matter what. Um, so he's a guy you can get late, uh, you know, who's a, who's a pretty good value. Frank Gore at, at in the beginning of the eighth as well. Um, you know, it's a boring pick, but he's a guy that you pick up on your team for running back depth, you know, in case of injury, uh, things like that. You want Frank Gore on an Andrew Luck offense uh, sitting on your bench. Now, who knows when Andrew Luck will come back, but, you know, Frank Gore is going to be on your bench. So he's not he's probably not going to be your RB2. Well, hopefully not, uh, you know, in week one. So, uh, you know, I would grab him, just just throw him on your bench. Same thing with Terrence West. Um, you know, hopefully Joe Flacco is back for week one. Um, all signs pointing towards um, him being back for week one. So Terrence West could be valuable, uh, especially especially with the fact that Danny Woodhead, you know, he's still hurt. He still has a hamstring injury, so not sure when he's going to be back. But, you know, even if he's back, Terrence West is going to have a good role. He's a goal line back for that team. He's going to catch passes from Joe Flacco as well. Uh, him and It seems like him and, and Woodhead are going to have a clear split here um, in Baltimore. So 
he's a decent back. Um, you know, not the most talented guy, but you know, opportunity trumps everything. So, you know, he is the starting running back for that team. So, uh, in the eighth round, I'll take it. Two guys that are going at the top of the ninth round uh, that I'm super into is Marvin Jones and Corey Coleman. Yes, I know Marvin Jones burned a lot of us last year, but did he really? You know, we drafted him, you know, I don't know what, what round it was, maybe the seventh round last year, um, you know, and it really worked out for the first few weeks. But after that, he, you know, he, he took a nosedive. But here's the thing with Marvin Jones. You drafted him in the ninth round. Um, he has shown awesome rapport with Matthew Stafford in the preseason, just like he did last preseason, preseason and that's why his ADP rose. Um, it's not rising like that this year just because people kind of expect the same sort of thing. But I'm not sure why we should expect the same thing. There's no reason why in week four this year he's going to have that steep decline again just because it happened last year. I mean, it could happen, but why not take that chance that Marvin Jones plays like he played week one through fourth for the rest of the season or maybe most of it? Um, you know, I, I, we can see the report clearly. He had a couple touchdowns. Um, Matthew Stafford's looking for him, and, you know, that toe grab – you know, Stafford loves throwing to him at, on the sideline because he has confidence that he's going to, you know, come down with that catch. So, um, you know, he had another touchdown that was called off in this past preseason game that was an amazing catch, um, and it was ruled ruled incomplete just because he was bobbling it just a little bit. But um, I, I thought, I thought, and you know, they challenged it and everything, but it, it came out that you know it wasn't a touchdown. But you know, so he did better than his stat lines say, and and I think he's a great bet. Uh, Corey Coleman, same thing. You could really see the rapport between him and Deshaun Kaiser. Um, so as long as Deshaun Kaiser is the quarterback um, for the Browns, I really think Corey Coleman is a clear number one. He's somebody who you can uh, throw in your wide receiver three or in your flex in PPR and not worry about it just because how, of how talent, talented he is. And not only that, we know that he's going to get the targets. Deshaun Kaiser was hitting Corey Coleman left and right. Um, you know, Corey Coleman's a good route runner, and Kaiser was able to find him. So um, I don't know how many catches he had that game, four or five catches or something like that, and uh, he looked he looked really good. Uh, Adam Thielen is another guy that I'm looking at in the middle of the ninth round. Um, you know, he moved to the slot, so he's going to be more of a volume guy now for Sam Bradford. So uh, I wouldn't mind putting him in my wide receiver three or flex either. Uh, just based on volume, he's going to give you a good solid floor every week with the potential to blow up. Um, in this last preseason game, he was looked for. So um, I think that, you know, he's going to be the safety valve for Sam Bradford. And, you know, when uh, plays break down, I think it's going to be Thielen, um, the guy who, who comes through for Sam Bradford. Another guy I wanted to bring up was somebody going in the 12th round, and that's Ted Giddon Jr. He is currently the starting wide receiver opposite Michael Thomas on the New Orleans Saints. You can't get better than that. This last preseason game and, and the preseason games before that showed Ted Giddon starting in that two wide receiver set. Willie Sneed is in the slot, so he's going to get less playing time than Ted Ginn. Now, when you're on the field, that's how you score fantasy points, and we've seen that in this last preseason game. Drew Brees was looking for Ted Ginn, you know, multiple times. So he can actually become a PPR asset. He, was, he can actually get targets and receptions rather than those just those big long plays. And we know he's capable of that as well. And we know Drew Brees can hit guys on a dime. And we saw it with Brandon Cooks. Now, he is no Brandon Cooks, that's for sure. However, he's going to be on the field. And he's talented enough with a quarterback like Drew Brees to make him very fantasy relevant. And in the 12th round, man, like, 
he he's going to be he's going to come through for you big. Um, you might have to reach for him a little bit just because there's a little bit of a hype on him. Um, you know, so I wouldn't mind picking him up in the 10th or 11th round. Uh, but if you see, if you know, it's possible that he drops too because um, a lot of people don't. Uh, don't think he's going to be the guy. They think it's going to be Willie Sneed, but um, Willie Sneed's going to get his too. You know, he 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 can be a little bit of valuable in PPR, but at the same time, um, I'm going Ted Ginn in that 12th round. Um, so, uh, you know, those are the guys. You know, I, I, there's kind of one guy I'm looking at as well, Kevin White. Um, you know, he might be a target monster as well. Uh, but you know, I'm not putting my putting my chips on him. You know, with the injury to Cameron Meredith, Kevin White could be that guy. Um, but you know, I just I really think that. Um, you know, we were wait and see for that. So if he drops a little bit, you know, and you're kind of shooting at shooting at scraps towards the end, I wouldn't mind picking him up and putting him, uh, you know, on my on the bottom of my bench uh, just to see if he becomes valuable. So those are the guys I wanted to bring up. Those are the guys that you know I'm finding myself drafting in most of my in most of my drafts, and and I think you could really, you know, get a stacked bench. Um, and have guys that become really valuable. I mean, worst comes to worst, you package a couple of those guys and you can get like a legit starting option. Even though all these guys, I believe, will be legit starting options, I think you can package a couple of them, uh, you know, after a couple of weeks of, of, of shown production to somebody else in your league for somebody that you've been really eyeing that you couldn't get in those middle rounds of your draft. So um, good luck in your fantasy football drafts, guys. Uh, have a great Labor Day weekend again. Um, and, uh, I can't wait for football to start next Thursday. So (laughs) looking forward to it. Have a good weekend, guys. Bye-bye. Just so you know, you can follow me, Faraz Siddiqui, on Twitter at F-A-R-A-Z-S-I-D-D-I-Q-I, on Instagram at Upperhand Fantasy, on Twitter at Upperhand FFB, and you can go to UpperhandFantasy.com to check out all the latest articles and stats. Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend.